the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, please be seated. Oh, I see your clocks went off fine this morning. <laughs> anyway, hope you weren't too rushed if you got up late. Um, it was kind of strange. It started getting a little light outside early in the morning. I got here early like I usually do, and boy, it stayed dark longer. What the hell is mine? With my time, I think what Florida recently just passed something where they're not going to chase their clocks anymore. Okay, well, they're trying, okay? I think the rest of the country should kind of follow along with that. I'd, I'd like to quit messing around with our clocks. Um, good morning. Good morning. What a wonderful day for bread. Do you have a favorite bread? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, stay, don't leave. Talking about English muffins, biscuits, corn bread. No? Boom. <laughs> yeah, you see our prayer this morning? It's part of that whole thing that, that John talks about, Jesus as the bread from heaven. The blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven, the true bread. It gives life to the world. What is bread for? <laughs> Eating. <laughs> butter. Yeah. Now butter, right? That's right. For delivering the butter. That's good, right? And jelly. Yeah, it's for eating, right? What happens to it if you don't eat it? It goes stale, right? It goes stale. Bread is for feeding. Bread is for eating. Bread is for life. Bread is for life. There's probably a ministry named that. Bread for life. Okay. How about bread for the dead? Any bread for the dead? Won't help much. Won't help much, right? <laughs> Won't help much. Probably the name of a, a good name for a band, though. We're bread for the dead. Okay. But bread is for living. Okay. Bread is for living. Bread, bread is for life. The sacrament we receive is bread for life. Jesus gives himself to us as bread for life. It's about life. It's about life in this life. In this life. It's about sustaining us in this world. And I think the church has largely taught that, you know, well, people have this idea that when life is over, you go somewhere, right? right? You truck off to heaven. And so when you hear these things about, you know, if you have faith in me, if you follow my way, you'll have eternal life. He's actually talking about this life. He's talking about the world that he is initiating. He's talking about the coming of his father's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven that's inbreaking into this world that's different from the world as we know it. Two worlds. And eternal life is something that happens here. And he feeds us for that new way of living in this life. You have this continuation of, of Jesus talking with, with Nicodemus. Nicodemus, a member of the council, the Sanhedrin, a rabbi, has come to Jesus at night, and Jesus is saying these things to him about, you know, you got to be born from above. Born from above. Some traditions translate that as born again. It actually says born from above. That's important. To be born again. And Nicodemus is like, I am going, what's he talking about now? What's he talking about? About being born from above. A different birth. A new understanding of who I am, perhaps. Then he continues on, and he's talking with, with Nicodemus still about, God does not 
condemn the world, but God wants to save the world. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. <coughs> and my life is bread. I give myself to you. Not so you can go to heaven, but that you can live as one of my family members in the here and now. In the here and now. See, when he, when he, when he talks to, to Nicodemus, when he, when he talks to him about being born from above, he's really contrasting the way we typically think about who we are. Who we are according to the world versus how we are according to his world. The age to come, the age that has now been initiated. The kingdom of God that is now present. Because, you know, I look at Keith and I go, well, there he is, of the household of Christensen. Of the kingdom of Ohio. (laughs) Of the federated states that call themselves United America. Caucasian, Protestant. Wasp. Wasp. (laughs) Let's get right to it. Tall guy. (laughs) With good hair. <laughs> but you think about how we identify ourselves. We're Catholic, Protestant, we're North, we're South, we're Georgians, we're North Carolinians, we're Browns fans, we're holy people instead. Okay. All those things that identify us, right, and make us think that we're separate from each other. There were Jews and Gentiles. There were Judeans and Galileans. See, in Jesus' day, too, people were divided by these identifiers. By these identifiers. And if you think that way, we think in terms of, well, this is my family, and that's your family. And I have my things, and you have your things. Or we, as a community, have our things, and, well, that other community, they have things, and that those are their concerns, and we have ours. Or this is our country, and that's their country, and we're only concerned about us. Only concerned about us. Because we use those labels, those identifiers as differentiating who we are from other people. And Jesus comes to Nicodemus and says, You know, to be born from above means that you recognize who your true family is. Who's your true family? Is it the clan Christensen from the kingdom of Ohio? If you're born from above, we're all from the same place. We all have one father. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Okay? You know the script. Making us all equal children of God. Not Protestant Catholic. Not Democrat, Libertarian, Republican, Socialist. Not American versus Syrian. We're all the same. See, though, I think the world, right, that Jesus is kind of coming to tell us, the world has one way of getting you to think about yourself, and it has consequences for how you live. He's trying to tell us that there's something other than that way of living life in his kingdom. See, it's like this, these, these people that found themselves in a rowboat, big wooden rowboat, out in the middle of this water, And there's this one guy who pulled out this tool, and I, I got it wrong this morning because I, I had him scrambling eggs. <laughs> 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 he 
He pulled out a drill. Okay, got the drill going this time. And he puts it on the bottom of the boat, and he starts drilling a hole in it. And the other passengers kind of notice what this guy's doing. He's drilling a hole. And he goes, you know, we'll stop that. Well, why should I? Because you're going to sink all of us. And the guy said, well, in my place, and this is my spot, I can do what I want. <coughs> but you realize we don't really believe that, do we? See, Jesus is trying to tell us that, you know, in his kingdom, as brothers and sisters, as all equal children of God, we can't think about this is mine and that is yours. And what's good for me is good for me, and that's no concern of yours. And he gives us the bread of life that we might live in a different way. See, in contrast to that person that was thinking all about what they wanted to do and who cares how that affects somebody else, the story of a, of a poor farmer, poor Scottish farmer named Fleming, lived out in the country somewhere, and, and one day he heard something that, that kind of caught his ear. And he went out to listen for it, and, and it, was a, it was a voice of a, of a human crying for help. And he listened and he realized that there, there must be somebody out over in the bog who's gotten themselves stuck in the bog. You ever see these things? Peat bogs? Right? They found people who have either been murdered and buried hidden there, or that's where they were sent to die, and, and their bodies are well preserved in these, in these peat bogs. But they'll pull you under. And apparently some young man, just traveling, having some adventure, had, had found his way out into this rural area and had gone off the path, perhaps looking for something, and, and found himself in trouble. There he was, stuck in the bog and going under. He's crying out for help. This is what funny hurt. There's this young guy who loses life. Well, Fleming could be like that person that goes, I'm just born on a hole here, and that's somebody else out there, and I have no concern for them. But was not that kind of person. And I don't think we are either. So at risk to himself, Fleming goes to rescue this young man out of the bog. <clears throat> saves the kid's life. Saves the kid's life. Well, shortly after that, this fancy carriage shows up way out at poor Fleming's farm. It turns out that that boy was the son of a very, very wealthy man. Very wealthy man. And so he wanted to, as we would do, you want to express your, your gratitude for saving your son's life. And so he, he, was, he was asking Fleming what he might do for him. You know, can I... Can I Give you some money? Can I can I give you something? Can I do something for you? And, and and Fleming didn't want anything in return. Perhaps because he understood that he had been born from above and this child was his child too. His child too. And the loss of that child would be a loss of his own son. That's why he did. 
because he recognized his true identity as being born from above. Well, that, that, that very wealthy man said, you know, when he, when he saw that Fleming had a son of his own, he, he asked Fleming, he said, well, can I, can I do something for your son then? I know you're a man of <coughs> modest means. Can I, can I take your, your son and, and give him the finest education a son could receive? And I know, you know, you being um, the kind of man that I see, Mr. Fleming, I know that your son also has those values. He's going to grow up, I'm sure, to be a kind and loving person to others. And show other people also those values that you taught him. I, I know this is going to be good, not just for him, but he's going to do great things in the world. And so that young man left with the rich man, and he went to school, and we know him from history because he is Sir Alexander Fleming, the person who discovered penicillin. And through his work, saved lives of countless people through that gift of penicillin. All because somebody recognized that, you know, this child was in trouble, this is, yeah, this is not my child, but yes it is. All our children are our children, not just mine, but yours as well. And we should love them equally because God loves. That wealthy man, his name was Lord Randolph Churchill. And his son, you know as Sir Winston Churchill. And I'm wondering about, you know. These two young men knowing each other and what Winston might have learned from Fleming's son, Alexander. The values that he learned from his own father that he passed on to the man we know as Winston Churchill. We could be like those people that kind of think about, you know, this is mine and that's yours, and I can just move a hole where I want, and whether it jeopardizes you or not is not my business. Or it could be people like Fleming. People like Fleming. People who recognize that we are born from above. And that Jesus gives his body to us to sustain us in our work that we do with and for each other. Instead of being fearful for our own well-being, that we might risk our lives or give our lives for another person. There's a story of a, of a young priest been in a parish for a little while, and you know, people starting to get to know this this young priest. And 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 one day, one of the senior members of the of the parish, we've got plenty of them here. Could be any of you, I'm sure. Approached this young priest and said, "You know, you preach your type say a lot about do unto your neighbor, right? Do unto your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself, right?" Jesus tells us, "Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no difference." Right? Loving your neighbor is loving God. Because, yeah, you preachers talk a lot about that. You know, I think it really comes down to this is the, this is the senior person talking to the priest, but I think it really comes down to what we call basin theology. And that really intrigued the young preacher and said, Basin theology, I haven't heard of that before. What, what, is, what is basin theology? 
goes, well, you know, this is this is the senior member talking to that, that young priest. He says, well, you know, remember that remember the story of, of Jesus and Pilate? That Jesus had been arrested under false charges. They take him at night, and, and there's this illegal trial that goes on, and they, they strike an innocent man, and, and they abuse him, and he goes, yeah, I, I know the story. Then finally they bring him to Pilate, and Pilate has the authority to let him go. Pilate knows full well that this man is innocent. He's done no wrong. But there are some people who are jealous of him. There are some people who are fearful of him. And so they falsely accuse him and they victimize him. And Pilate fully knows that an innocent man is going to be killed. But what does he do? He washes his hands of the whole matter. Because the troubles of this itinerant preacher are not his. He just wants to be done with them. Remember before Jesus was arrested, he spent that last night with his friends. <coughs> He shared a meal with them. He broke bread and said, this is my body. He feeds us. <laughs> and after he did that, it says he got up from the table, took off his outer garment, tied a towel around his waist, and he pulled out a basin of water, and he washed their feet. Even Judas. Even Jesus. See, based on theology, we have two ways of living in the world. We can live according to the world, which is wash your hands of the troubles of the people around you. To not be concerned with whether your neighbor or the person who's the stranger in your community is doing well and say, that's none of my business. We can turn our backs on all that. We can be like Pilate. We're going to receive the bread of life and remember that we are born from above and all those people who are suffering, that is our suffering as well. We can get on our knees and we can wash their feet. And to sustain us in that, we give thanks to God for the bread of life that comes down. Amen. Amen. Amen.